All right, welcome in into the Triangle Podcast, episode 63 on Couch Guy Sports. Of course, on iTunes, Spotify, go follow the podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, CouchGuysports.com for all the written content, the Twitch channel, the YouTube channel, uh, all the other podcasts on the network, right? You go follow all of us on there at uh, CouchGuysports.com and the other networks as well. So um, Alan, Chris are here with me tonight. We did not get Zach Jaziero, sorry. For all you Zach Jaziero fan, fan hearts, he's not here this week. Um, but guys, we're in season. We have a big show, episode 63. Um, we're actually recording on Friday, April 15th. So the day of the Red Sox home opener. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, we got obviously the first, what is it now? Seven games with today's game. Uh, Red Sox are three and four coming into this recording. So we'll talk about that. Uh, started with the Yankees and played the Detroit Tigers and then started the series with the Twins. Um, and then you got the inevitable to talk about this. Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, contract talks. Uh, Chris texted our group before that it should be fun. It will be fun. Um, they're all going to love my takes on it. Can't wait. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, how are we guys? We got, we, we, we got a full crew here. First, is this is the first regular season episode, right? We, we didn't touch on it last week. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the first one I think all three of us have been together for the new year. For the new year, yeah, we're uh, yeah. we're back together, the full Red Sox season. Um, I think we might already have an episode title, but we'll leave that for when we release it. Um, a lot going on. Let Let's start with the baseball, and then we'll leave the contract talks for at the end because that that could be a doozy. Um, and I also partially think they kind of go hand in hand. But Red Sox started in New York, obviously after the. Stupid lockout uh, delayed the Red Sox actually starting at home, so they had to start against the Yankees. Uh, you lost two out of three against the Yankees. You salvaged that game, that series, that last win in New York. And then you beat up on the Tigers, won two out of three, beat up on old friend Erod, new Tigers pitcher. That was fun. Uh, and then again, you lost to the Twins today in the home opener. Guys, I don't think it's as bad as the record shows. Like, they're three and four. You look at that Yankee series even, you were up at the beginning of all those games. Um, the bullpen, I'm not sure what it is after today, but the bullpen has a pretty decent ERA coming into the home opener today. It was like it was like one six or something like that. Um, and everyone wants to blame the bullpen. I don't think that was the reason, but I think really, really the big thing is that offense wasn't really hitting in New York, but I think people are like, oh my God, there were the ALCS and now they're three and four. It's like, well, no. One, don't forget you're in one of the hardest divisions in baseball and you played the Yankees to start. And two, this always happens. The Red Sox are never good in April. When was the last time the Red Sox actually got off to a hot start? We said, great, this team's going to be good. Maybe 2018, because that team literally is like the best team ever. But I think we all need to pump the brakes on, you know, thinking this game, this team is terrible and the Blue Jays are going to run away with it, even though Flatty Daddy Jr. guys, whoo, he's just hitting everything. But um, it's not as bad as it looks. Uh, yes and no. I, I think a little bit for me. Um, it, it's I'm more disappointed in the offense, and especially because of when when they're clicking on all cylinders, uh, we we can see what their potential is. I think we got to see it the other day um, when they beat up on the Tigers, right? So, but you know, through seven games, this team, you know what I mean. I, I think that the concern ultimately for me, one is going to be is you got to find a closer. Someone is going to have to have that job. That needs to be solidified very soon um, for me. And, and two, this offense needs to get consistency. There needs to be, 
you know, we can't have these up and down, you know, games through the, I mean, we've, we've, it's a small sample, seven games, but, but you know, it, the bats were kind of silent today, even though they scored four runs. I mean, I expect, I think you expect like Trevor story was obviously out for a little bit too. He had the food poisoning issue. Right. Um, and you, and he obviously with a shortened spring training, so no one should be judging Trevor story on his hit batting right now. Um, I saw a couple people like, Oh, well he can't play in Fenway. It's like, well, hold on. Let, he barely played at Boston at all. And he was out half the games because of food poisoning. So let's, and he came into spring training, like a third of the way in. So let's relax. He's basically still in spring training. Um, I think the big issue is when you give anyone a day off, which we saw, we've seen early and Alex core is big on doing this, right? When you give anyone a day off, what do you got down the bottom for that lineup? It's Christian Arroyo, who, by the way, train wreck in right field. Can we just not do that anymore? Um, then you have you have Travis Shaw down there, right? And you have Jackie Bradley down there. You have whoever. The bottom four of your lineup, Christian Vasquez, maybe, but the bottom four of their lineup is already kind of meh. And then you throw an off day in there, and it really is meh. And so, yes, this lineup is pretty deep, right? Um, but the bottom of that lineup needs to be assured. I think you need another bat. Like, I think that's, that's it. And then, you know what? Maybe it's Tristan Cassis, the way he's already hit bombs in AAA. Um, maybe Cassis is just really going to be here sooner than we think. I don't know. Um, because that would be an option, right? You Maybe he's your other guy who, on off days, he go play he goes and plays third base or whatever, first base. Bobby plays outfield, and you give someone out there an off day. Whatever it may be, maybe, in, maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe internal is the option where Tristan Cassis is that extra bat. I don't know. But they need something because the bottom third of their lineup is meh and anybody sits at all. Like look what happened Trevor story and Trevor story was out. the bottom four. Of that lineup was just like combined like two for 16 or something. It was gross. It was, but I, I'm going to go the opposite end of that. I really think the problem right now is the starting rotation because you think about what's been going on in the starting rotation. You haven't had one guy go six innings so far in seven games. The most was Nick Pavetta against the Yankees. I think with five and two thirds. Now, granted, you have Chris Sale that's injured. He threw today for the first time. Great. But we know what the deal is with Chris Sale. James Paxton's not going to be back until probably July at the earliest. So you it's like Chris say- Sale last year. James Paxton's going to exactly. basically be like Chris Sale last year. He Only is. not as good of a pitcher. Right. Unless he goes back to his Cy Young caliber form when he was with Seattle and even the good years of the Yankees. But that's, that's a long way off. You think about this rotation right now. Nathan Evaldi is going to be Nathan Evaldi. He went five innings the other, get, the other day against Detroit. But it wasn't it wasn't – a shutdown performance. It was like, okay, he, he did what he had to do. Okay. But how much of that, how much of that is, is short spring training? It could be, no, that could be an issue and you could be right. But because you know, Al better than anybody you played, you coach like me. If pitchers don't have their right, normal time, think of, look at, look at Garrett Cole. He's complaining about little, the smallest amounts of things. Granted, He probably believes it in his head that, you know, the, the signals thing is messing him up. But like with pitchers, they need their routine. If you're a starting pitcher, you know your routine when you're going to pitch that day. I'm going to give the rotation like a month here because of the spring training thing, because I feel like you that ramp up time is huge because they don't throw that much in the offseason, right? So they need that ramp up time. So by opening day, they are ready to throw six innings and whatever pitches. Well, put it this way too, <clears throat> Nathan Evaldi, fine. You can have you can have your argument there with that. That's fine. Nick Pavetta only going two innings today against the Twins, and Alex Cora after the game saying that his mechanics have been off for quite a while. Like that's a little concerning if you're a Red Sox fan that your manager is publicly coming out and saying, "Yeah, this guy hasn't been himself, and we need him to be himself." Well, what's quite a while? I'm curious then, because like, is that is that spring training? Is that back? I think it's been. I think it's well last year. I think it's been since spring training because obviously last year you saw the run that he had at the end of the season into the postseason. He was nails in the in the postseason, especially against the Rays in the ALDS. 
But you look at the rest of this rotation, right? Tanner Houck, who's starting tomorrow. I'm going to the game tomorrow. We'll see how Tanner Houck does tomorrow. Oh, where are you sitting? Where are your seats? Uh, bleachers, I believe. I got the cheap tickets. Oh, I, got, yeah. I got the bleacher bum. Go check yeah. out the new right field roof box thingy. The bar oh, up I there. The truly oh, bar. Will. You're a truly yeah. guy, Al. I am. Go get yourself a truly. <laughs> no. Oh, what is it? Um, No free ads, but yeah, truly. No free ads. I mean, we'll take a truly ad. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I would love a truly ad, but we know the deal with Tanner Houck, right? And his stuff didn't look great against the Yankees in his first start, but we'll see if that kind of changes against the Twins in Saturday start. And then the end of your rotation, I'm sorry, guys, you can try to convince me all you want, but a 42-year-old Rich Hill. Looked okay. And a Michael okay Walker. First time around. And a Michael Walker that's like past the St. Louis days. Come on. Yeah. The one thing I'm curious what you guys feel about this is the way Rich Hill is and that age he is, he must have done something in spring or Alex Gore just went with the veteran here. But like we all know Whitlock was a starter before when he came up and when he coming up to minors. It's vocal. He wants to be a starter. He has the stuff to be a starter. Last year, I get it. They're protecting him. He's younger, whatever, coming off the injury. Why, why not? have him be a starter and let Rich Hill be a two inning guy because even with Rich Hill, we know this, right? The slow stuff, the mechanics, it's, he's a two pitch guy. He only has two pitches. He's a fastball and a slider or curveball. What are the two, right? That's all. The, well, yeah. That's all he's got. Curveball was nasty. Tigers though the other day. But then, you, but you see it with Rich Hill and it happens everywhere he goes. Like he can have some longer inning relief. He can have some longer inning starts, but don't I mean you put it you put Rich Hill in the sixth, seventh, and maybe in the eighth inning, depending on the game, then you're good, right? And then he gets to the lineup once and then you put in the back end guy. So like I, I'd almost prefer Rich Hill in the long relief role than Whitlock because Whitlock's got the stuff to be a legit dominant starter, and that's what he should be. Do you do you want the the, the quick answer to that question, Jared? The very mm-hmm. quick answer. It's because Alex Clark doesn't trust his bullpen fully. If he fully trusted that bullpen. He would say to Garrett Whitlock, all right, you're going to be penciled in number five starter, take the ball every five days, throw five to six innings, and then call it a week. Yeah. He wants Garrett Whitlock in that situation because he's a multi-inning guy. He proved that he can be a multi-inning guy. Look at the second game against the Tigers. He won you that game because he Mm -hmm. came in and shut the door for four innings. How many guys now in this era of baseball do you see coming in for a four-inning opportunity out of the bullpen? You just don't see it. So I mean, he he's won. the he's the reason why the ERA is what it is, like as a group. Right, exactly. Because and the only mistake he made was opening day to DJ LeMahieu, and of course you're going to have the second guessers, the Monday morning quarterbacks, or the the you know next day guys that are going to be like they, they shouldn't have left him in there. Of course you leave him in there. He was mowing guys left and right. So that's that's the short answer because you really think he's going to trust a combined effort of Matt Barnes, Austin Davis, Matt Strom, Jake Diekman, and all these other guys to fully shut it down while Whitlock goes to the rotation? So I'm kind of with you. I, but see, one of the things, though, for me, um, and I'm, I'm looking at some stats right now. So uh, Whitlock has a 1-4-2 ERA in two games in, in six and a third of an inning. As a group, they're a 4-5-6 ERA as an overall team for the first seven games. Pavetta's performance today doesn't help. His his ERA is north of nine. Eovaldi's gone 10 innings, um, leads the staff at 13 Ks. But to your point, Al, yeah, it's, you know, there's portions of that bullpen that are atrocious right now. Uh, Austin Davis in four games is a nine ERA. That's not going to cut it. And when Josh Taylor comes back, I think that he's probably your first DFA candidate off the roster. 
We have Carter Crawford that was pitching in high leverage situations in Yankee Stadium. Shouldn't be happening. Yeah. So I understand that this team has a lot of quote depth, and I I, under, I understand I like I like the approach of you know um, quantity, but I think we have too much quantity. We need a little more quality as well, and that's why I said at the beginning this team needs to identify who the closer is, so that way you know who the ninth inning guy that is, is there. But to your question though, Jared, I, I actually don't mind Whitlock in this role. You get to see him twice through every five, um, you know, through the rotation. And to be honest with you, if they actually had another legitimate starter when sale comes back, depending on how he's pitching, I, I probably wouldn't mind maybe using him the same exact way to shore that up until they can figure out and get some consistency out of this bullpen. I mean, Robles has been a, a pretty good surprise um, in, in three and a third of an inning so far. And I hate to say this, but Ryan Brazier has been okay with a three, three eighty RA. He'll let you down in like a week. Of course. Um, so small, small sample size, but you know, there is some cause for concern in, in some areas with some of these players. Someone asked Heim and Heim's talked about it early. Like, would you make a trade this early? Like if there was one to be made now, again, it takes two teams to tango here, right? Like, you, as Heim, you can you can trade and do something all you want, but if the other side of this is okay, there needs to be a team that wants to trade someone this early, right? Um, if you're Heim, are you are you call, are you on the phone right now? Are, are you yeah. really scouring the trade markets right now when there's still free agent options? Like all this stuff's out there because again, spring was shortened, the lockout was shortened, so the lockout was there, so not a lot of stuff happened. Are you on the phone right now? If you're Heim, are, are you trying something? Yeah, and and Heim. You know, he said that um, a couple of days ago that, you know, there is really no, there's no like clock as to when he's going to start to look to improve the team that he'll make, that he'll make some sort of transaction. Now he's not going to wait till the deadline, so to speak. So it's really just a matter of, you know, what that's going to look like. And I, I think that we as Red Sox fans need to be a little more open-minded to what that might look like because yeah, we want, we wanted the Sean Manias of the world we went to San Diego, you know, Frankie Montas is there. I don't see that happening. I don't see him parting with some of those super top prospects within the, within the system. I would move uh, Jeter downs tomorrow. I think that there's um, an opportunity to move him, but, but yeah, I, I, this team needs more pitching and they need to get some quality and, Again, I'm going to say it. This is my third time on the show. They got to figure out who's going to, you know, be the closer. They're not going. They're not going to. They're, they're not going to have the longevity that we want by closer of committee. It, it doesn't work. No. The problem with this is, I think the organization wants Matt Barnes to be the closer. I don't think Alex Cora wants Matt Barnes to be the closer. Um, and yeah, and look, look at New York. The Yankee series was a great example. Where was he? He had a back. He had a back injury. He had um, back tightness. Whatever you believe, sure. Well, um, I'm just, hey, I'm just telling you what the report said. So yeah, I don't believe the report. Take it or leave it. No, because I don't. six years so he, far in three innings of work. So not good. Short in spring training. Look what he did back half of last year in most of his career. Right, most of his sample size is second half Matt Barnes, not All Star Matt Barnes. Right, guy gets his contract. They think they have their closer organization paid him. Okay, great. But now where's that guy? Because right. I think the organization's banking on that. Heim's like, well, we paid Matt Barnes. He's your closer. And Alex is like, well, no, he's not there anymore. We need someone else. 
Right. And, and this it's is like, yeah. And it's what have you done for me lately? And he exactly. hasn't done anything lately. And, and so to- I was going to say, like, is there is there something where do we feel like Jaime and Alex aren't on the same page? I don't think so. I, I think I think they are on the same page. That's what I'm trying to say. But because to your point, Chris, you think about this, right? Since Hyam Bloom's been here, he's not afraid to make a big move or a small move. The big moves being like Mookie Betts. You obviously had to trade away Mookie Betts. You had to do it, but he's not afraid to do it. He could have tried to do whatever it takes to keep Mookie Betts here, but he made the move and he got Alex Verdugo out of it. Solid player. Even in 2020, he was making moves. He got rid of Heath Embry to get Nick Pavetta in here to give you another starter. And Pavetta impressed last year. I know we said- What a great trade that was. It ended up being a really good trade. I think they got a prospect out of it too. And then last year, when you need- What was that, Chris? When they got Connor Siebold, who's pitched pretty well so far. Right. Small sample size, but- But even so. Right. And then last year, obviously, you needed a big bat. You went out and got Kyle Schwarber. So the point that I'm trying to make is, Hyam Bloom's not afraid to make a move. Like people are, I think Red Sox fans are so hesitant to say he's willing to make the moves because they were used to the Dave Dombrowski moves. They were used to the Craig Kimbrell trades, the Chris Sale trades, the David Price signings and everything else. They're looking for those really, really big names. But he's made some moves that a lot of people, Hunter Renfro, another move that he made last year, ended up working out really well. Shouldn't have traded him, but we're not going to get they, back on that when horse. They signed him, when they signed Hunter Renfro, people oh, signed killed- him. People killed Bloom for signing him. It was, here's another guy that's that's like a Jackie Bradley Jr. batting average. And then Hunter Renfro had a career year for himself. They sold high, mm-hmm. and everybody's crying. They traded him. I think that's more because of the return, though, because they got because they got Bradley Jackie back. Bradley Jr. back. I, I, and a prospect. And a prospect. I get that. I, I, I guess my point would be is maybe at some point, Red Sox fans, it's okay to give Heim some credit for what he's doing. Yeah with the team, you know, because some of these players are working out, you know, and it's just, I, you know, if this team regresses, okay, then I think we can maybe start having a conversation of, is it working? Is his approach working? But until that happens, I, I don't, I, I'm optimistic and I'm, you know, I'm a bloom supporter. It's going to, you're, you're not going to know, see his approach is going to be really tested and we'll talk about this in a minute, but the approach is going to be tested with the Xanders and the Devers and what they're going to do. And that's partially on Heim. That's really partially on ownership. And we'll talk about that. But when it comes to the team over the first, what, seven games, it truly shows that this team was not complete. And it truly shows that Heim didn't have a full off season to do whatever he needed to do. Right. I think people kind of don't look at that wholly the lockout ended and then spring training started and you had, he had some time before, right. The lockout kicked in and we got some guys in, but like you had a long time that lockout was going that that's that's time time, right? That's the time that that guy's on the phone, making deals, working the back end of the bullpen, all this stuff. And he couldn't do a thing. And then all of a sudden spring training started. And now you're worrying about who you have in spring training, trying to get guys on the phone, who's making deals three weeks before the season starts, right? Like, it's harder for Jaime to do his job in a consolidated off season. And now he's trying to do the off season work while the season's happening. So like, it's a wonky year. I think we have to give him some time. And that's why it doesn't surprise. It wouldn't surprise me if he does make a move early, right. And, and early in terms of like not close to the deadline because he's still in off season mode. Sounds like him and the Red Sox need some energy. What do you guys think? Cause I need some energy. You need energy, Jared. Yeah. I have a toddler. 
You do have a toddler. That's true. You know where you can get that energy? Um, I can take a guess. Is it shocked energy? It's shocked energy. Otherwise, now known, and I don't know if you guys knew, know this, but now shocked hydrate. Oh, saw that. Yeah. Have you ever felt unable to focus? You're tired or you're just low on energy? We understand that feeling, and we understand it so well that the Into the Triangle podcast is brought to you, obviously, by Couch Guy Sports Network. And sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by podcasters for podcasters or for gamers by gamers. Whatever you like to do in this world. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boosts when you need it the most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head on over to shockedenergy.com. Use the promo code CGSN all capitalized today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavors as well as their watermelon flavors. And don't worry, they ship worldwide. Chris, give me a random country in the world. Uh, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Jerry, give me a random country in the world. Portugal. Whether you're in Zimbabwe, Portugal, or Island of Trinidad and Tobago, you can get shocked energy because they do ship worldwide. That's right. Worldwide. Get your shocked energy. Worldwide. Get your Shocked Energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Again, shockedenergy.com, promo code CGSN, all capitalized for 10% off your order. What do you say, Dad? Are you going to invest? Prestige Worldwide. Great second movie. time that I've used a Zimbabwe reference <laughs> in the last two days. I was at Trivia. Um, <sighs> no, Wednesday, rather. Uh, yeah, Trivia on Wednesday, rather. Yeah. And there was a question. It was Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Love it. Seems like the Red Sox ownership is in Zimbabwe with these own, with these contract offers they're offering Devers and Bogarts. It's don't get me started. Don't, don't. It's so bad. Okay, we're just going to talk about it. Look, get into it. Okay, Xander Bogarts can opt out after this year. Rafael Devers has one more year, right? If he, through next year, twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty three. Yep. I knew Chris has the answer. Chris always has the contract answers. Um, we've been told that they're not going to negotiate during the season. They had, they're rushing to get things done. The team offered contracts to both of them. Um, the, on the side of Raphael Devers, they had offered them in the 200 million range and Devers wants, supposedly wants a $300 million range. He said no. And now is waiting. And Xander Bogarts was offered essentially a four year, $90 million. And they're, they're supposedly a hundred million dollars apart as well. Um, let's start with Xander. It's really a slap in the face, Xander. First of all, um, it fe- this feels like two scenarios that we've seen here in a Boston fan base. It feels like Mookie Betts, and it feels like John Lester all over again. I think the Red Sox actually offered John Lester something pretty similar to that number. Four that, that, yeah, that that short contract, right? Xander Dever, Xander Bogarts is the face of this franchise. Came up in 2013, won your World Series. Guys, I'm not surprised that this is happening. This is what they do. This is what this is. This isn't even a Heim Bloom thing. This is an ownership thing. We've seen this before. Heim Bloom was here. They have their guys. They become Red Sox fan fan favorites, whatever, and they go. Well, we have a great farm system. We can pay for replacements. Guys, Trevor Story's here for a reason. They didn't just get Trevor Story to play second base and tell him, "Hey, you're our second baseman of the future." Guys, Trevor Story's here for a reason. They're not keeping Xander Bogarts. Do I think that's the wrong decision? Personally, yes. If I, I'm all for Trevor Story being here, if you can keep the three of them together, and I, I've said this, 
if if Trevor Story is actually the replacement for Xander Bogarts and you're actually not planning on paying him, one, be careful with Rafael Devers because he said that he wants him here. And two, you you know Xander's gone. And, and, and it's now and now Trevor Story becomes not a good move because Xander's better than Trevor Story. They're the same age, aren't they? Like the, Xander's a better shortstop, better hitter. And he's been here forever. So like, why aren't you favoring your hometown guy? That's the way I look at it. And with Xander Bogarts, it's not like you don't have a solution long-term when he decides to leave long-term or retire because you have Meyer who you drafted. You have other guys in the system. You don't need Trevor Story as a replacement. If you just paid Xander and then move on to the kids when you need Xander out of his next contract, right? So for me, now that I'm seeing all these negotiations, I look at it as, well, they just don't, they're not going to pay Xander. It's done. It's over. This is last year in a Red Sox uniform. Enjoy it. And and this isn't this isn't really a conspiracy theory because Jared, you kind of alluded to it. Who was the guy last year in the MLB draft that all the Red Sox nation wanted? Not who we ended up getting, because we know who we ended up getting, but who did everybody want? Everybody wanted Jack Leiter, right? I'm convinced that if Pittsburgh or Texas took Meyer, like a lot of people were projecting in that draft that Marcel Meyer was gonna go number one or number two overall. Yep. If he fell, if Jack Leiter falls to Boston. I really, there's something in me that believes that this is a little bit different conversation because you don't have the luxury or the insurance of being like, you know what? We have this stud prospect down in the minors that, you know, is only, he's only 18 years old. So he's a kid that in, you know, maybe three, four years, he's going to come up and he's going to be your shortstop for the next 10, 15 yeah. years. And Hey, that. how long is Trevor story's contract? Uh, six years. Mm-hmm. So, right. Right. So it's playing right into it, but I truly believe that if you ended up getting lighter instead of Meyer, they would be more aggressive with keeping Bogarts in the fold long-term. Now, if I'm the Red Sox, if you're going to let Bogarts walk, you better make sure, and I'm emphasizing this, you better make sure that you keep Devers in the fold long-term because you can lose a shortstop if you really, really believe that this Meyer kid or Nick York at second base is the future. But who's going to be your future at third base? Who is a prospect at third base that's really like up and coming? You, you guys think of one? Because yeah, I can't. Let me tell you what I think they would probably do in the event Devers is either traded or he's not going to free agency. They, they would trade him before that happens. You can probably. slide Bobby Dahlbeck over to third base. Tristan Cassis plays first base. First. Yeah. Gross. Um, not, not the Cassis part, the Dahlbeck, the third part. Gross. Yep. Continue. You have, you have Alex Spinellis, who they could put at third. Um, I mean, I don't know how Nick York would be at third. But none, none of these are one A options, by the way, people. Like so, Devers exactly. is the one. Devers is the one A option. You know, I personally think that right now Bogarts is is really important. I think it's a little more important than than Devers at the moment because it, it's it's a handful of things. One, I think you put yourself in a really tough position with Devers if you let Bogarts leave. That's number one. Number two, you send a really poor message as Heimbloom because now. He will be, whether it's him or not, he's still going to be associated with the man that traded Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. People still feel very, very mm-hmm. um, passionate in some respect about Andrew Benintendi. I, I don't, but people do. And now Xander. I mean, Bogart, look at the trade. Look what I mean. Yeah, the, I think the, I think I think if Franchi Cordero panned out a little bit and the the prospects, if the prospects hit, then the trade will be fine. But right now, it does not look good. No, for that does. specific trade. So. And I think it just sends a bad message to the rest of the system 
like, you know, Hey, I know it's a business, right? Baseball is a business. It's a sport, but do you really want to go ahead and send a message down to your prize prospects? The ones that it appears that Haim covets more than who's on the big league roster right now to say, I'm okay with letting you go. I'm not going to prioritize our premium player. Some of those kids might think that they're going to eventually become a premium player. And then their time is limited with the Red Sox organization that once they get to the big leagues, you know, what is, what does Nick York think when he get, or better yet, what does Cassis think, right? Cassis comes up this year, say he plays a full year next year. Like, Hey, they let Xander walk, by the way, they let Devers walk. Could that happen to me? So there's a lot of pressure on Heim Bloom to take care of Bogarts, send that message organizationally to say, I value the players that are, that are here the ones that were here before I got here. And then the ones that I've helped facilitate to yep. bring in. And then you take care of Rafi Devers because he's a top talent. But after Cassis, there is really not a lot of major power that's coming up within the system. Nope. And you don't have JD for long, right? Like he's going, um, like you need someone to hit like Rafi Devers is your DH of the future. Like if you just pay the guy. Um, and I think he, even he's shown this year, he's gotten better at third base every year. Like it's even looked good this year so far, short sample size. But I think the problem people aren't really thinking about is Rafi Devers wants Xander here, right? Those guys left side of the infield, they've been around together forever. Uh, they won a world series together. Right. And I think Rafi and Xander are just like tied at the hip for a good reason. Right. And they're leaders of the clubhouse. If you pay Xander, right. Given what he's worth, and you go to Rafi, hey, we want you here. You might not have to pay Rafi as much anymore. Like you're still gonna pay him top dollar. Don't get me wrong. You need to. I think you open the blank check for Rafi Devers, but like you could probably get a little, a little bit less if you're telling him, hey, you're gonna be teammates with Xander for a very long time. Core of the franchise, win some more championships, become the DH and make even more money next contract, whether that's here or not. But we want you guys here long term. He's Trevor Story's locked in at second base. This is our group. And now they're saying all the right things, right? Since they signed Trevor Story, since all these contract talks are out there, um, it's been, you know, we really want all three of these guys here long-term. Um, we're we're going to do everything we can to keep them here. Um, now, again, this is all going to get put on pause until the winter, right? Next year, because they've already said they're not going to talk contracts, those two. So De- Devers is going to play this out. Uh, Bo- you're going to get Devers for at least two more years. Uh, Bogarts is going to play this year out, probably go through free agency and make a crap ton of money, whether he comes back or not. I, I still would be shocked if they let Xander go for nothing. I, I'm, I'm going to be shocked if that happens. So real possibility here, they're, they're, they're floating by, right? They're in a tough division. Blue Jays are a wagon, clearly. Um, the Rays are going to be good again. The Yankees are there. I still think you're better than the Yankees. But that being said, um, if they're muttering along, what stops time from trading Xander this year? Nothing at the deadline. Nothing. Nothing. If they're not going to pay him, Xander might be gone halfway through this year. Then how does, how do you feel about Rafi Devers now? You, right. You could get a similar, you, you'll get a similar style. I'm, I'm not, I, I get, I'm going to just say it. We have a similar return, maybe like a Mookie bet style return. You're going to get like three players. You're not going to maximize Xander's value. Nope. But here, my, my thing too, with this is it's not going to shock me either. If, we hear in a month's time, the Red Sox extended either one of those players. I know what they're saying publicly. I don't yep. want to talk about it, but guess what? It's going to be a distraction no matter what. It is going is, to be. Talked isn't about. it already? Sanders two for 18. He is. He's two for 18. It's going to be talked about because 
one writers need to create content. So, and that's, people are going to want to talk about it because mm-hmm. they, we understand full well that it's going to strike a nerve and people are going to click and they're going to read and it's going to generate everything that's supposed to generate. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if that happens. Bloom is a very quiet, secretive, just goes about his business. So I know what the guys are saying. I still wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Now I'm going to give you my fallback option though. If they let Xander go, because I think that they'll be able to find offense because you're going to have a lot of money to spend. If you let him go, then I want to see him reach into that pro- that that prospect pool and go get Shane Bieber. Yeah. Do good replacement like that and go ahead and get a top of the rotation. Cause I don't think that the, I don't think the guardians are going to go and pay him. I was shocked that they, they paid uh, Ramirez, but I'm sure you could probably put together a deal, sign him, put him at the top of the rotation. He's only 28 to be 29 or whatever. And I, I I'd roll with a Bieber, you know, Bieber and sale Pavetta of all of all well, if Evaldi doesn't come back, I mean, I, I still, I think he'll be back, but he'll be back. You know, I, I think that, you know, you, you go ahead and now you add a legitimate top of the rotation style of player and you traded some of your prize prospects, go out, sign a lesser bat that can provide some power. You might be, you, you might be able to now reshape some things. So it's, it's not all doom and gloom. I think there are things that can be done. It just sucks because it's the Boston Red Sox and they shouldn't be they, penny pinching. They shouldn't be dicking right. around with these with players like this. I and and let me exactly. let me ask you guys this really fast. Let me ask you guys this really quick. No. Yes. We're okay. talking about Rafael Devers and we're talking about Xander Bogarts, the two cornerstones of your franchise right now. Yeah. You're high in bloom. What is the offer that you are going to give to either Rafi or Xander that's fair and takes care of them financially? I mean, you're you're giving Rafi because I have I have mine in mind five and three hundred five and three twenty. Oh wow, you guys are going really okay. So you're going really high. I'm okay. paying Devers. I won't pay Xander as much. I'm paying Devers. Okay. He's he, he's if you pay him five and he's your third baseman and is your DH long term. That's the guy. You say five and three hundred. Yep. You're gonna give him sixty million a year. Yep. That's that that's not what I had. But Chris, I want to hear yours. I mean, it's 10 years if you want. I'll give him eight and 300. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not so much concerned about the dollars. It's more the years because it's the players when they get to when they're in their mid 30s and when they end because where they it kind of bites you. You end up, you know, you end up uh, 24, right? Devers? I think so. 25. I just don't want Devers to be Albert Pujols and be like 38 years old and the Sox are on the hook for like 40 million. <laughs> But I think an eight, nine year deal for about, do you think nine at 275? I, I, I got mine that I think is perfect. Seven for 245, backload the last three years, opt outs in the last three years. He wants over 300, right? That's, his, that's, what he's, that's what the report is anyway, right? I think he takes Al's offer if Xander's signed. Right. Because then you get Xander for four of those years, whatever it may be. And then, you know, you have other guys you can play with long-term while you're here. And if Xander, whether Xander retires, cause I, I, I don't know if Xander's here long-term, like if they sign him, he sneaky feels like he's an early retirement Red Sox forever type guy. You just got to treat him like he should be treated. Right. Um, yeah. 
like I don't think if he signs another contract here, I don't think Xander plays anywhere else. Like or, I think or, it's just or, or bump it up to seven two eighty, but like yeah, three hundred million. Like you're already getting the longevity and you're getting the dollars. I mean, you're going to be getting at that point if you bumped it to, to two eighty in a hypothetical world, it's forty million a year. Like at, at some point, I'm not trying to be a penny pincher here, but at some point you got to kind of set the bar and be like, Hey, this is a lot of money here. And see what bugs me about the penny pinching thing. And Al, you've known this since you've met me. True. You're the freaking Boston Red Sox, right? Chris, just pay the guys, like find out what they want. Let's find some common ground here and pay the dudes. Look at the Dodgers. They just pay everybody. And supposedly Fenway group has more money than them. Where's that money going? We're not going to get into that conversation with the penguins coming to the winter classic next year. There's money here. You're the freaking Boston Red Sox. You just put a brand new uh, double story deck in the, behind the right blue, blue, uh, right field bleachers with the Truly Bar that Al's going to go visit tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. And you can't tell me that you don't have the money to pay your franchise guys who helped you get Phil Fenway Park last year. Guys, we talked about this last year. The interest of this team was the most we've seen in a very long time. And you're telling me you're not going to turn around and go, Xander, you've been here forever. Devers, you're our guy. We have the money. We're not going anywhere. The Dodgers just paid Freddie Freeman on top of everybody else that's in that lineup. You're not going to pay them? By the way, too, and I know this was right before High and Bloom came in, you gave Chris Sale a five-year, $145 million deal. You're giving him close to $30 million. You paid Nathan Valdi, which worked out. Yep. But you gave gave Valdi a big contract on, like, a hot World Series run. Yep. It wasn't even like he was here forever. So you paid Chris Sale that – Although I think the three of us can agree. We all love Chris Sale, but he's damaged goods right now. If they just Nathan, waited a year, they wouldn't have paid him. Yep. Nathan Eovaldi, who, like Jared just said, cashed in on a great postseason in 2018. I think he has earned it, though. He's looked good. Last he year did earn it. Year. Yeah, he did. he's earned it. He, he did. It. Maybe a little bit of a stretch as far as like but dollars fine. per year. You, you need but... pitching. You need pitching. Yes, it's fine. Right. He's, I mean, he's probably going to make more this offseason. I, I he will. Would, They're going to pay him more. I'd give him 22. But they should pay him. Yeah. They need the pitching. But, <laughs> ne- but now... Now you won't pay your third baseman. That's probably one of the best third baseman now in baseball and your shortstop who has proven that he is one of the best shortstops in all of baseball. You know, when I realized that Xander's probably gone when MLB released their top 10 shortstops of, in the league, it was a Twitter graphic and he wasn't part of it. Xander Xander was four. Trevor story was six. They've replaced him. That's it. Simple as that. You brought in one. Of the, you brought in another top ten shortstop to play second base for one year, and then he's going to play shortstop. And whether you bring Jeter Downs up if you don't trade him, whether whoever's playing second base next year, you brought you brought a top ten shortstop in because you're probably losing one. So until they prove me wrong, and until, I'm just going to go under the belief that it's it, it's done. Maybe they extend Devers, maybe they don't. But I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the last year of probably my favorite Red Sox on a, in a Red Sox uniform. It's not, it's not a fun time right now. No. And again, Sanders two for 18 or whatever it is. Like that's the, that's the one thing I hate about contract negotiations guys. Oh, I don't want it to be a distraction. I'm not going to negotiate. You know, it's not a distraction guys. Just negotiate and get it over with. Like negotiate for two weeks at the beginning of the season and then call it a day sign and leave. And and then we play the Red Sox lost all of December. They lost all of January and they lost pretty much all of February. So three months of time that they could have negotiated with Xander Bogarts. Yep. I know Xander keeps saying, I don't want to talk during the season. But the lockout happened. 
guess what? The lockout happened. So why not go and just let Scott Boris do his thing? You don't have to negotiate. Just, just play. You know, again, this is going to be a topic of conversation until he's either traded or he signed or he signs. So it's a distraction. It's going to be there. So, but again, the question is, do they want him? I don't know. They, they, they know Myers down there. York, if York's ready sooner, they could play good. They, they just have options. Now, Trevor Story's here for six years. And if he gets to play shortstop, he's, he has an opt out after the fourth year. Trevor Story? Third yeah. Year? They, they would. So they have to guarantee his seventh year to avoid yep. the opt out of the fourth year. Yeah. Um, so he really could be a seven year contract. Mm-hmm. He's ha- if he's playing shortstop, he's not going to want to leave. Well, here's the thing now. It, let's just say, let's say it doesn't end the way that we want with Bogarts. Then I want Cassis locked up immediately. You pay him. Work yeah. on that now. Get it done. Give him. It's, it's not going to take Boku dollars to get that done. Give him. You could probably just give get him done. Get him taken care of. You can't. You don't let that be another future thing to linger. God, that kid can hit the crap out of the baseball. Like that kid can hit the crap out of the baseball. It's going to be like Vladdy. I think it's going to be like a left-handed Vladdy daddy, just less of a butt. Like that dude just hits the crap out of the ball whenever he gets into the plate. And the thing too, with, with Cassis is that he's, he doesn't go with the approach of trying to hit a home run. No, he, he goes to the approach of just trying to drive it in the gap. Dude. Yankee fans are going to hate him at Yankee stadium. Can't wait because he's just going to bomb over that right field fence at Yankee Stadium. And it's going to be so much fun. What do you guys think? Before we get out, we're on the show there, but gut knife knife to the head type scenario here. Like both those guys stay in. None of those guys stay in. Are they splitting it? Dever stays. Bogart goes. Like what's this time next year? What's going on? My... My heart wants to say no, 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 not your heart. Your heart. Everybody's heart wants. So, everybody's heart wants Mookie Betts this, back. Everybody's heart wants John Lester still pitching for the Red Sox. Like, so here's this is this is what I this is what I think. I think that I think they're going to get Devers done. I, they have no choice but to do that. They'll have Devers done, and and Xander Bogarts. Gun to my head right now. Xander Bogarts is traded before the season is over. I, I just I can't I cannot. It's so unheim bloom like to let an asset just walk like that without getting anything. Yep. Never signed long term. Bogart's gone via trade or just walks in free agency. He's not going to be a Red Sox in 2023. I think Devers is signed during the season. I think Devers is signed before the trade deadline because that's an asset you want to know what you have before making any moves to decide what you need this year. Right. Because if, if you don't think you're going to get Devers done or you don't have Devers done, maybe you make an effort to trade for a third base prospect when you're making a deadline deal, right? Something like that. They want to know that information. That's how I'm works. So I think Devers gets locked in by the deadline. Um, Xander's gone. I damn Xander's gone. There's no contract coming. He's gone. He probably would get traded to the deadline. And the Reds um, are so like PR conscious in general that they're going to want something that's going to be of some sort of good press and publicity to go and get Devers done, it'll help detract a little bit when they do trade. Yeah. hundred percent. Yep. Um, and then next year they'll play it up. They have Trevor story. It doesn't matter. Like this is how they work. This is how they function. It's how ownership functions. They don't pay their players all the time. Um, 
I mean, it wouldn't, it's not the worst thing in the world of next year. It's Devers, Trevor Story, Tristan Cassis at first, and then you figure out second base again. Like, who knows? Maybe they bring in Jeter Downs for a year because he's had he has been playing pretty well in the minors, but um, or you you figure it out from there, but or you still have Christian Arroyo if you keep him on the roster. I, I know it's not an ideal situation, but there's options. They can figure it out, but you can't you can't go into 2023 with Xander Bogarts on another team and Rafi Devers not signed past next year. It can't, it, that's like doomsday for the, for the future of this team. So, yeah. all right. Into the triangle podcast, couch guy sports. And for those of you who didn't think it was going to be a distraction, how much baseball did we talk tonight? Not much. Episode 63. Follow us on Twitter, on Spotify and iTunes, rate review, subscribe on iTunes. So it pops up, ring the little bell on YouTube for the couch guy channel. So on YouTube, so all that stuff's going to get popped up for you. Twitch channel, all that it's, it's pretty much active every day, right, Al? The Twitch channel, yeah, at least five days a week. Content. At least five days a week. So definitely go subscribe there to the Twitch channel. Throw them your Prime sub, all that good stuff on Twitch. Um, and we'll uh, we'll probably be back next week with a new episode. We'll probably just talk baseball because we can't keep talking about Xander and Endeavor, Xander Endeavors all year. Um, and maybe we'll have some more Cassis home runs to talk about. Until then, Al, Chris, Jared, we'll be back next week, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you then. Go Red Sox. Oh, Red Sox. Go Sox. Sander Bogarts, man. <laughs>